Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Sometimes the laws of the land are in conflict with the laws of heaven. Sometimes men are so out of harmony with God and they make it the laws of the land. In Romans 13, it tells us to obey the government. In Acts chapter 5, Peter says it's better to obey God than man. How do you balance that out? Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Pastor Ed teaches us in today's message from Daniel chapter 6 that while it is important for citizens to obey the law of the land, a Christian's ultimate authority is God. Scripture teaches that the body of Christ should pay taxes, obey laws, and submit to governmental authority under normal circumstances. However, sometimes the law of the land is contrary to the law of God. It is in these situations that believers must prove they fear the Lord by submitting to Jesus rather than man. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, God Honors Faithfulness. Not only was he not only had an incredible record, he wasn't corrupt, but Daniel was not negligent. The text again, it says, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I mean, how many? You forget a phone call, you forget an email, you should have done something, you just didn't do it, something else came up, and it pushed it out of your mind. And you neglected some duties and responsibilities. Daniel's track record was impeccable. It was incredible. Here, this guy was so responsible. Now, it it does say something to us that we ought to strive. We ought to set Jesus as our example. And we ought to try to be like our Lord and Savior Jesus. He'll give us grace along the journey. And as we journey with other believers and other Christians, they'll help us to become the men and women that God wants us to be. Now, here... He's faithful in his responsibilities. And maybe that ought to be a prayer that we all pray in this year and then going into the new year. Lord, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. And you could see that that was one of Daniel's strengths. One of Daniel's strengths was this. He was faithful in his spirituality. Be faithful in your spirituality. Not only in his responsibilities, but in his spirituality. But When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual. This law that was signed said that if anybody prayed to anybody but Darius, they were to be executed. 30 days. Nobody prays to any god except Darius as a mediator. Watch what he does. He's going to respond. He went home and he complained, right? He went home and he knelt down as usual 
in his upstairs room with his window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. What an incredible man he was. This guy had a habit, a holy habit of prayer. I mean, imagine decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. This consistent prayer life. The Bible doesn't say we need to pray three times a day, but that's what Daniel did. That was his practice. He'd open his window. He'd face towards Jerusalem. He would remember what Solomon said. If ever the people of God were judged, you're, you're to pray towards Israel, pray towards Jerusalem, and God would send mercy and grace. Now, what were his prayers like? I know what my prayer would have been like at that moment. God, deliver me. These ungrateful people want to kill me. And I've been doing a good job. I mean, that would have... Here's Daniel's prayer in chapter 9. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition. And fasting and sackcloth and ashes, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commandments... We have sinned and done wrong. Wait a minute. What did we just say about Daniel? He wasn't corrupt. He wasn't negligent. Ah, he was still a sinner. And what does he pray? Repentance for himself and repentance for his people. Jesus said, blessed are those that mourn. It's not referring to funerals. It's referring to to those who recognize their spiritual poverty and their need for God and their need for repentance. And so they mourn, they weep over their condition and they weep over the condition of their brethren, the family of God. Here he is. He says, we have been wicked. We have and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and their fathers, to all the people of the land. See, repentance is a way of life. Someone sent me this quote this week. It's very good. Repentance is a lifestyle of being face-to-face with God. We are either walking in repentance or need to repent. When you come face to face with God, it humbles you. It breaks you. It helps you to come before him with a contrite heart. There Daniel is. This is a glimpse of how he prays. He's simply praying to God, seeking God. Now, he he is absolutely calm and collected. Now, when I read about the prayer life of some people in the scripture, I can get real discouraged. I was reading about Tim Keller. He's one of my favorite preachers. I like listening to preaching. And Tim Keller uh, preaches in New York City and he had an incredible experience. It was in 1999 and in 2000. He said, he began preaching and studying the Psalms. And as he began to study and preach on the Psalms, he began to realize how much more he needed to spend time in prayer. And he was convicted. And then 
His wife developed Crohn's disease, and she had a real flare-up with this Crohn's disease. And he said, at that time, too, 9-11 happened, and the whole city seemed to go in this clinical depression. And, and, and he experienced that, and then he also himself developed thyroid cancer. All of it was a catalyst to help him turn to God. In fact, Tim Keller said, for the first time, for the first time, I started praying with my wife every night on a regular basis. In fact, she brought it up to him. And so every night, they began praying. Maybe sometimes God uses difficulties, trials, to deepen our relationship with him. He, Daniel, had this incredible prayer life. You know, they they made studies of people as they get older. Do you know as you get older, you're more likely to spend time in prayer? Commit yourself to say, listen, I'm going to deepen my life in prayer. That's one of the things I'm going to ask for God. And then it says, he lived righteously before God. You could see he was a spiritual man and he lived righteously before God. He gives this testimony to King Darius... Because King Darius, they throw Daniel in a lion's den, and then they put a stone over that lion's den, and Darius can't sleep. He is so troubled because he loves this guy Daniel, and he knew that it was his other officials that betrayed him and, and, and set him up. There's a picture of Daniel, an artist's rendition, and he's just real peaceful. Lions are walking around, other lions are sitting around. He's, he's just real peaceful. And Daniel says in this text, in uh, verse number 22, because I was found innocent in the sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. See, he chose, he chose to obey God. He was righteous before God. The opinions of men, it's what he thinks. And God looks at the heart. God knows each of us. And our objective should be to be righteous in his sight, to do what's right before him, not to please ourselves. Sometimes I think we go to the mirror of God's word and uh, we either spray it with some type of cream or it gets all fogged up and we think, oh, we look okay. But if you really look into the mirror of God's word, it cuts like a sword. It changes you. And you want to live righteous, not according to the world's standards, but according to God's standards. You order your steps. And so Daniel's going to do that. He's going to order his steps according to God's standard. So he's a righteous man. And I, I love what the king says because it's the testimony of this whole chapter. Very early the next morning, the king got up, hurried out of the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And of course, he says, he did. He hears Daniel. He responds, live forever, king. And Daniel is rescued. I want you to see not only the fact that Daniel is faithful in his responsibilities. 
He is going to be a responsible person. He's not going to neglect his work. He's not going to be corrupted by the culture around him. He's faithful in his spirituality, his spiritual life. He, he's going to diligently pray. And you've you got to keep, you got to develop that prayer life. And partner up with someone, but pray. And live righteously, not according to the world's standards, but God's standards. And then Daniel is faithful in the face of challenges, of adversities. You see, he's faithful. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to God. His three times a day. Now, I just want to camp on that for a, a moment. Sometimes the laws of the land are in conflict with the laws of heaven. Sometimes men are so out of harmony with God, and they make it the laws of the land. In Romans 13, it tells us to obey the government. In Acts chapter 5, Peter says, it's better to obey God than man. How do you balance that out? Well, I think one of the ways is we should obey the laws of the land. Pay your taxes. Don't put a higher amount on your giving than you actually gave for a deduction. Be honest with your employer. Obey the laws of the land. Do what's right. But when the laws of the land conflict with the laws of God, you've got to obey God. You've got to listen to him. And so if the laws of the land contradicts the laws of God, you go with the laws of God. And if the laws of God command you to do something different than the laws of the land, you do what God tells you to do. We're in his kingdom, and we pray your kingdom come. Reign in us, Lord. Reign in us. So this idea of Daniel simply obeying, you could see how the enemy will attack you. He's assailed by the agents of Satan by Satan's agents. When the officials went together to Daniel's house, they found him praying. See, that they couldn't get him doing something wrong in terms of the government, but they could get him in doing something wrong in terms of now a new law on the books. Don't pray. Now, in Daniel's earlier, or the early experience, rather, with Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar built a statue. Remember, he said everybody worshipped that statue. Now, he was fine, but if people went and worshipped Yahweh and worshipped the statue. But here, it's even more narrow. Darius is saying, if you pray. Now, he's not talking about public prayer, because I know in our land that the laws have changed. In Texas, when I was reading something about one of the schools, how... Judge said, if you break the law and you pray at a school assembly, you're going to go to prison. Well, don't pray at that school assembly. I mean, you may disagree with me, but they're not telling you you can't pray at home. They're not telling you you can't pray in your heart. So follow the laws of the land, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you could go in school at any time and just pray. You don't have to pray out loud. How many know you could speak in tongues in your spirit? Right? So Daniel 
he said he can't pray at all. He's not going to listen because he's going to open that window, pray toward Jerusalem, and he's going to see God because he's interested in obeying the laws of God. Now, I found this real interesting statement from John C. Lennox, and it was in the book Against the Flow. Uh, He said this, The new tolerance disapproves all absolutes except this one. You will be tolerant of everyone else's view. You must, however, be intolerant of intolerance. That's the new absolute. This means that criticism is forbidden and must be replaced by unrestrained affirmation and praise or silence. In other words, you can't speak out and say, I don't believe that's right. I believe that's it's wrong. They'll say you're intolerant. So any time you take a stand, that's not the way tolerance used to be defined. You could disagree, but in a, an agreeable way. But more and more... Our society is saying there are no absolutes. There's only one absolute intolerance. And that means you can't speak out against anything. As a Christian, you have a moral responsibility to tell the truth. To be a watchman on the wall. Because if we don't, the blood is on our hands. People might not like to hear that there's a hell, but there is. They might not like to hear that there are things that are still wrong in God's eyes and that has grave consequences. So we have a moral responsibility to God to say what he says. Again, Acts 5.29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Now he is going to be rescued by God's angels. Isn't that amazing, that story? But I want you to pause, stop, think, really think. No, I mean, really, really think about what we're going to say here. Here's the text. God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me. Any of you remember the Colosseums with Christian being thrown in? No, I'm not that old, honestly. I don't remember it either, but I read about it. When... The Christians were thrown into the Colosseums. How many were supernaturally rescued from beasts, lions that came to tear them up? If you read the books, not very many at all. This is the exception. And God is showing us that he can do it. Remember, sometimes God delivers you from the trial. So you don't go into the trial. He kept you from going in. Sometimes he delivers you through the trial. And sometimes he delivers you by the trial. So something happens and you, well, you die. But to die means that you are absent from the body but... That's not a bad thing. (laughs) Present with God. You're victorious. You're more than the conqueror. You've triumphed. And so the great majority of men and women who have gone to a martyr's stake, who have been thrown into the Colosseum, who have been tested for their faith, are in that number in heaven, that nobody could number, who have been martyred. And here 
this portion of scripture is so important that we don't test God. St. Petersburg Times had an article. It was an article about a man from Ukraine who actually lowered himself down in where they had all of these lions. And this is what the article went on to say. Uh, He lowered himself by a rope into the concrete enclosure, holding four lions, shouting, God will save me if he exists. Now the man takes off his shoes. He strode like a, a peacock towards that lion. And a lioness got up and swiped him. And he was gone in a moment's time. Don't tempt the Lord. Don't tempt him. God is showing us through Daniel that there are times that he sends angels to intervene in physical circumstances, and he does that. And I think all of us, when we look back on our journey, we'll see that God has intervened at different times to save us. But there is another realm, a spiritual realm, where our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I believe that as we call on his holy name, He will help us when we find ourselves in that lion's den. When we find ourselves in the most difficult of time, we can say, Lord Jesus, help me. I want to take you into the New Testament. Daniel, thrown down into the lion's den. The stone rolled over. Darius, the next day comes. Daniel, are you there? He is. He comes out. Now, there were those people who falsely accused him. And they put him into a hole and they rolled a stone and they had the king's signet on it. It was sealed. I think of another man who was falsely accused. They accused him falsely. And they crucified him. And they put him into a tomb. And they put a seal in that tomb, and they put guards outside. He never had to confess a sin. He was sinless. He lived the perfect life that we have not lived. And he rose from the dead that third day. He is our victor. He is our redeemer. He is the one that we put our trust and confidence in throughout this journey. He's the one that will take your hand and take my hand and teach us on the journey how to be faithful in our responsibilities. Hmm, you forgot that. I've been talking to you about that for a couple of weeks. You need to call her up. I'll call him up. Yeah, you do need to ask for forgiveness there. Okay? He's faithful to help us in our responsibility. Well, listen, you've been getting in late to work. You need to get on time. Coffee break's a little long. Lunch break, even longer. Come on now. Don't you think God speaks like that? We need to be faithful in our spirituality. Well, you slept in last week. You need to get to church this Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you hear his voice sometimes like that? Well, you need to turn that show off. Open up the scripture right now and start reading. You need to spend more time praying for your friend, for your brother, for your sister. <laughs>
I know it's challenging. I know it's challenging, all the pressure you're feeling. But I want to teach you to be faithful in the midst of the challenge. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restored